Disclaimer, I am a counseling student, I am not a mental health professional, and I cannot give or offer mental health services. You are listening to Good You. I'm your host, Samantha, and today I sit down with Piera, who is an art therapist and discussed art therapy. Um, at the end of the episode, we actually hopped on Instagram Live and did an art therapy prompt together, which was really fun. So thank you, Piera, for you know just being spontaneous with me and trying that out. If y'all are interested in watching that um, and you know uh, doing the prompt along with us, go ahead to the Instagram um, Good You, or you can go follow Piera on Instagram. All of that information will be in today's show notes and in the episode later today. So I hope you guys are ready. Let's get started. Okay, I'm here with Piera. Thank you so much for being with me today. Hello. Good morning. Good afternoon. I don't know what realm we're in right now. That's very true. I'm in Louisiana, so Central Time. Um, it is 11:08 right now. Is where. I- oh yeah, we're so we're in the same space. 11:08 over here too. Oh, fantastic. Okay, yeah, this was this is a good time. I don't know if it's raining where you are. It's very dim today, but it's nice. It's gloomy. I thought it was gonna snow today because Chicago. So. Oh. it snowed last night see that's nice we never if if it snows there's like people panicking thinking a hurricane's gonna come yeah no that makes sense yeah yeah mm-hmm. which is here yeah. it's just like can it go away how long will it stay here is it sticking today <laughs> oh, if it's light snow the roads get shut down schools close i'm like people probably think we're so dramatic but a uh-huh. category one hurricane we're like no we're going to work <laughs> have a hurricane party yeah oh absolutely that's that's for the category twos and up okay four and up evacuate (laughs) that's good to know actually when do you determine to have a hurricane party two and three uh fill your tub with water it's it's the whole thing anyway well please introduce yourself to to us the podcast and just tell us a little bit about yourself Okay, well, hello, y'all. I am Piera. I am an art therapist, a certified art therapist. I graduated in two thousand. Ooh, I could not talk for a second. Hold on. I graduated I know, in two thousand. <laughs> I know. I was like, two thousand sixteen from the School of the Art Institute in Chicago, and right after that, I worked two years as an art therapist in an elementary school, and then I am at my current place of resident at a behavioral hospital. Oh, um, yes. So I've done clinical and non-clinical art therapy practice. And then while I was in school, I did a bunch of internships as well. Wow. So did you work with different populations in your internships? I did. So that was like the one thing. And everyone was like, give me a tip for like being an art therapist. What should I do? And I'm like, take advantage of your internships. Like, don't just do the population you like, because I already knew I liked kids. I was just like, yeah, whatever. Uh But I was just like, I want to try different populations to see what I would like. 
And so my first internship was at Easter Easter Seals. It is a school for children with autism. That was really fun because that's like a different, I wanted to be like, how can I bring our therapy to a school setting? And it just made sense to do it at a specific school for children with autism where it's just designed around them for them. And so that was a great experience. I did that for a year. And then after that, I'd intern at Access Living. It is a a facility for individuals with visible and invisible disability. And so I was there as part of like assist. I did art therapy, but then I also assisted for like community stuff because I also wanted to figure out how to combine art therapy to kind of community settings. So that's why I chose that space. But then due to budgeting, they were unable to keep me. Then I did an internship internship at an art center where they kind of threw me into different schools. So technically I was still in the field, but I still got to work with like adults, children, you know, neurotypical children, non-neurotypical wow. children. So it's just like a different space. And then it's like actually working in a cool school setting. I did a little bit of everything. And then my current job, I chose this one because I was like, okay, I haven't worked in a hospital. So I need to add that to my resume. And I mean, I, I don't mind a hospital setting. I didn't want to work in a hospital setting originally because of, I, I just know it's not as loose as I am per se. Yeah. Like, I'm just like, ah, oh, I, I want to just wear jeans and a giant sweatshirt all day. <laughs> where, I mean, technically I can, but there's like certain things I can and yeah. can't do and say and wear. Mm. Just, it's a little tighter grip but thankfully my department isn't super tight grip and we're all creatives <laughs> that, like where I am now I love it but they they have something against blue jeans and I'm like they do why? I love a blue jean and yes. comfy and like how many dress pants or skirts can a girl find that are listen I get away with just wearing black they they're black so you can't tell their jeans but I make sure they're a nice dark black so you're just like those look like slacks and I'm like he 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 they're <laughs> not <laughs> but I get away with it well that sounds very exciting because I mean you've had work with all these different populations and have you worked with older adults elderly at all yes I have so the hospital I work at the youngest we've gotten is a four-year-old and we just go up in age from there so I actually got to experience working with an older lady who um, had signs of early Parkinson's. So that was a new experience for me and how to interact with her, the art materials, stuff like that. So thankfully in the population and the setting that I'm at, I get to experience a little bit of everything. So I've worked with individuals who struggle with an eating disorder. I work with individuals who, you know, like I said, early Parkinson's, uh, individuals who are actively in a psychosis, uh, PTSD. I get it all. And I'm just like, all right. And you have to work like quickly. You have to adapt quick because it's never like individual settings. So I make TikToks and people assume because my TikToks, it's just me and like myself playing a patient. They just think I only do one-on-one, but in reality, I can't replicate the group setting because there's like 15 to 20 people in the space. So I can't replicate that. So all of my current, you know, art therapy practices is, is in large group settings and it's just quick on your feet, adapting and all right, let's see what we got today. Let's make it happen. Do you run the groups yourself or do you co-lead with anyone? 
Um, there have been times where myself and the music therapist, we have done collaboration um, work, uh, not workshops, sessions, but generally it's me by myself and I'm leading the group of patients, whether it's a more open art therapy or a more directed art activity. Yeah. That's so cool. Music and art therapy, like uh, sign me up. We'll it's fun. It is fun. I love, I love every time we have a music therapist. We currently don't have one, but I love when we have a music therapist because I'm just like, you want to do a collab? I love a good collab. I love sitting in music therapy stuff. It's such like an artsy vibe and like this, that people don't understand the power of music and art therapy. Like how much expressing yourself through different forms of art is just so healing in different ways. That's why I'm so excited to have you on and Maybe I'll have to find a music therapist to come over. Oh, I mean, I got two if you need some. Absolutely. I got two if you need some. I got two. They're awesome. They're amazing. Oh, I would love that. Yes, absolutely. Send them my way because I'm sure everyone on here wants to be able to learn more about that. Got you. Well, what got you interested in art therapy in the first place? How did you find that? I love this story. Okay. So growing up, I knew I wanted to work with kids. So originally I was like, I won't be a teacher. But then I was like watching movies and stuff. And it's like always about like the mind and how the mind works and all these things. It's like, are you born evil? Is the child born like the good, was the good child or whatever? It's like, are they born evil? I was like, ooh, can you be born evil? And so then I transitioned to like therapy and that type of um, atmosphere. And so then from, I think it was like middle school on up, I was like, okay, I'm going to be a therapist. I'm going to double major education therapy. It makes sense. You need those two things to like, just, it just made sense to me. And then I went to college and I was prepared to double major in psychology and education, but the education program was so kind of like laid out for you, very strict, like no room for other things. I was like, "Mm, I like therapy more. So I'll just focus on therapy. So I was doing therapy, focusing on that, like, I believe it was like this end of my first semester of my junior year, something like that. I had to take an extra elective. So I took an art elective. It was a pottery class and the professor was like, you're really good at art. I was like, oh, thanks. You know, I've done art before. I did. And then in the, like in the growing up, I did a lot of art. I just never paid attention to it. I was just like, oh, I like to draw. I like to paint. I like to do sculptures. He's like, you're really good at it. What are you going to school for? I was like, therapy. He goes, have you heard of art therapy? I was like, shut up. No, like, what is this? Art therapy is a thing? He's like, yeah, you could definitely do that. And, you know, still be an artist and all these things. So second semester of my junior year, I was like, hey, I'm just going to major in art and we'll just have a minor in psychology because I have enough credits and I could focus for my senior year and accomplishing getting all my classes done. And I did. And then from there... I applied to the master's program and I got in. So it was just on a like ran. It was random. Well, shout out that professor. It. I know he was just like oh, it was just a random on a whim situation. I'm like, oh wow, this is amazing. And yeah, ever since then, I've just been in it. You you love art and like you've you've been able to feel the expression and what that can do for you. And then you're like, I can do this with other people and for other people. Yeah, I was like, wow, okay. And it just and it was great because my family's like very like you need to find a job and then it needs to make sense and you be able to live on your own and all these things. So I had to sell being an art therapist to my dad. My mom didn't get it for the longest. She's just like, I'm I'm with you. But I had to sell like art therapy to my dad and 
I, I was talking to my mom recently and she's like, you know, I'm seeing what you're doing and it fits you. It makes sense. Like this is you, like all the stuff you're doing, like through social media and the work you do, the way you talk about it. She's like, this is you. I didn't understand before, but I understand now. So like for people who are just like, how do I, I'm like, sometimes you just got to do it and you just have to show people. But I definitely had to like, dad, this is, this is the income. And when I get to this year of working as an art therapist, I could do this and this. Like I had to sell. Like, I mean, most of a counseling profession is like selling yourself. Like I feel like people don't understand the importance of it until they've mm -hmm. experienced it or they know someone who's experienced it and got benefits from it. Uh, and and that's part of this podcast <laughs> <laughs> is being able to tell people the importance of it. And I think people are realizing now and now that we're in this true mental health crisis. Uh, oh, yeah. That, and that then, they're starting to see it. But then I also think like people, like when you say, oh, I'm a therapist, they're like, oh, okay, I know what that is. When you're an art, when you say when you're an art therapist, like, what is that? Or when you're a movement or a dance therapist, you're like, oh, what is that? You just yeah. do, you just make art all day. Which and then in their mind they just jump to you being an artist like you just do paint and sips all day and you do coloring pages, and so like no I'm a therapist I just use art like and I think that's what it is like what it was with my dad he's like he never heard of it so he's like what the what the hell is this what are you doing like I I therapy I can process like he was in the military so he knows the VA like working with veterans and they have therapists my dad had a therapist so. That he could understand, you know, working with people with PTSD, like there's possibilities with yeah. that one. But when you say art therapy, you're like, I never heard of that. What is that? You made that up, honestly. Like it, some people think I made it up. It's just like a different form of, of it can be a different form of play therapy. It's mm -hmm. through art. And uh, did you read Body Keeps the Score? I skimmed it. I always find like random chapters out of it. And I, there's one chapter specifically that has... Uh, discusses a little boy after 9-11 did you read that part I did not I think my friend talked about it though go ahead this, though this is exactly like the the smallest insight of art therapy you can see it was a little boy who had uh either witnessed or was like near the buildings uh that crashed during 9-11 and um and when he got home I can't remember someone either someone in his family was a therapist or someone asked him to draw what what he saw and mm -hmm. he drew the buildings and people jumping out because he, he saw that but at the bottom was like the circle and they were like what is that and he said it's a trampoline so people can be saved and for him he didn't need anything else other than that because he created that ending he created mm -hmm. the the fix that could have happened and that helped him uh process what what he just saw mm -hmm. And so that didn't require future counseling for PTSD or anything like that from seeing that because he created a, a solution. alternate ending. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yes. And it was, it was so cool to read about. And then that art therapy book I was telling you about before I started recording <laughs> uh, was there was a chapter where there was a little boy who um, drew a bunch of bats in a cave and, uh, mm -hmm the therapist had no idea what it was about until he, she spoke to the grandmother and um, the grandmother revealed that the mom was uh, very heavy into substance use and would swipe her hands at bats all the time to get rid of bats. So it's like things like that help kids so much to be able to process what they mm -hmm. experience 
and because they don't know how to talk about it. Yeah, no, not even just kids. Like some adults don't know how to talk about oh, certain true. things. Don't, don't call me out like that. <laughs> My bad. <laughs> it just comes naturally. It is, but it's so true. Like that, people don't understand how to process or even understand the different types of emotions their body is experiencing. Yeah. I know when people ask me like, so how do you, you know, use it? They always just assume you're expressing yourself. And I'm like, oh, sometimes, sometimes it's a great way to start a conversation. And I like, I break it down and I like say like, sometimes the art we make has nothing to do with the stuff we're talking about. We could just be making art and it's a nice icebreaker. And while we're making art, I'm having a conversation with the person. For some people, it's a way to, okay, I give you a question or I give you a directive and it's a good, like, oh, I didn't think of it this way. And it's a good way for you to process something that you had thought about. For some people, it's like a, learning a new skill. And a lot of like the kids I work with, they have like very, they have, like, some of them have never used scissors before. They have poor fine motor skills. Mm-hmm. So I'm just like, all right, today we're gonna work on that. We're gonna work on, I'm purposely gonna make this object to cut out difficult or from some of my older uh, population you know okay you know I have arthritis but I want to work my hands this type of thing like it takes a different like space just dependent on the population and how you use it but I always tell people it's it could be more than just expressing your emotions it does a lot more things absolutely and I'm wondering how many people uh say that they can't draw when they first oh all of, them. <laughs> all of them and then, and I like always I'm like well that's a good thing I'm not a teacher because I'm not giving out grades and I don't care how it looks they're like oh, okay and I'm like just you know or when I like bring like open art therapy I bring a bunch of different art materials and one of the things I always include is like word searches and puzzles and stuff oh, like that yeah so anytime they're like oh I don't do art and I'm like well that's perfect if you want to work your brain a little bit I got puzzles what you want sudoku word searches mazes connect yes. the dots All and they're them. like they're like oh I'm like you said you don't do art so I got puzzles like I keep it open when we're doing this type of group today and they're like okay I'm like I want you to still engage and Sometimes they don't even have to do art. I'll like sit in the group and I'll make origami and I have like a folder full of like templates of origami designs that people can try. And sometimes the patients will watch me make it. And then I say, you can pick origami that you want me to make you. And they're like, okay. And they're like, make this one. We'll make this one. Man, I'm like, okay, make it. Here you go. Here you go. Here you go. That's another way of like still engaging. Art making is happening. They still have a choice in what's being made. Like they can pick the colors out, stuff like that. That still falls under art therapy and them engaging in the group. Absolutely. I love giving clients choices. Okay. Always. That's especially like at a, be- it's like especially at a behavior hospital because you're already in a space where, okay, I'm stripped of like certain things that I'm used to. And so uh, I feel like I don't have control and it's just like a nice subtle way. Like you can choose to come to group or not your choice. It's your treatment, whatever. Or you can, you're choosing the material. So I was like, you have so many options. I'm like, yeah, I want to still give you guys some sort of like autonomy choices to make you feel like you're, you know, an adult or you're a person or whatever it is. And not, and you don't feel like you're miserable. Like I, I want yeah. you to come here and enjoy yourself. Exactly. Yeah. Cause you're not going to get anything out of it. You're like, I don't want to draw this or that, or I don't know how to. And I always tell, cause I work with teens for a teen mentoring mm-hmm. group. And I'm like, you know, we can paint when we have our expressive groups 
And they always throw at me, well, I can't draw. I'm like, art is subjective. I don't care if you put squiggles on there. Yeah. I was just, yeah, I was, that's what you try. You know, just at least actually put effort into it. Not just, I did a line. No, I want you to put some effort, some actual effort. I want you to try. And if you fail, it's okay. Because mm -hmm. we're all, you know, we all fail at things. And then they get mad. Like, Miss P, I can't get it. And they could get it. I was like, have you ever painted with watercolors before? Well, no. I said, then why would you get it on the first try? Well, I don't know. Because, because <laughs> I'm supposed to be perfect, is what I said to myself. <laughs> I'm just like, well, you're not going to get it. They're like, okay. I was like, do you, would you like me to show you? Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, well, let's sit together and do it together and I'll show you. And I'm like, okay, I get it now. All you got to do is ask. Practice our communication skills. Verbally say our needs and our wants. Absolutely. And then I'll come assist you. Yeah, because I mean, sometimes, especially the quiet ones of the group, and you're like, are they taking anything away? Like, are they wanting to be here? And sometimes they're the ones who want to be there the most. They just want to be yeah, they just, sit to the side and watch. Yeah, watch. it's like, you good? You okay? You sure? Okay. Blink twice. Right, let me know. <laughs> <laughs> well, who does art therapy benefit besides everybody? Um, people who are willing to try because art therapy, one, it's like, if, especially if you haven't done art, you have to be comfortable with making mistakes. So you have to be open to being vulnerable. So people who are willing to be vulnerable and open, and generally those are the ones who are going to take the most away from art therapy versus, oh, I just, I can make art. Yay. But it's just like, no, no, no. I want to see how far I can go with it. Yeah. And a lot of people who just, oh, yeah, I do art on my own time. I was like, yeah, that's personal. But like art therapy is completely different. It's like when people who are like, oh, yeah, I write music. Like if you actually work with the music therapist, you're going to realize that it just it's more than just writing music is going deeper. So when I work with someone who's like, oh, yeah, I do art all the time. I go to the Art Institute and this is what, you know, I'm like, oh, that's amazing. You have a skill set. Now let's take that skill set and make it go deeper. Yep. And I've given those who are actual artists like homework. And they're like so mad at me for it. Cause I'm just like, yeah, you could do art. It's going to be beautiful when I look at it, but I'm going to push you past your like basic. Oh yeah. I love doing portraits. Okay. That's great. That's wonderful. But here's a prompt. Here's what we're going to focus on. You're here for this. Let's focus on this. And they're like, Miss P I did it here. <laughs> just like, what? You said you want art therapy. I gave you art therapy. I didn't just give you like art homework. I gave you right. therapeutic art homework. And, you know, the, the difference, too, is, like, the ability to process it and to explore what it is and why why you used these colors, why you used uh, this medium, you know, that it's not just, oh, I, I already painted home. Okay, well, when you paint, is it something that you're like, you know, I feel like painting a rose today. I'm going to go look on Pinterest and find something, which is great because, girl, I do that. Yeah, but, same. But, like, you can also try to just wing it and do something on your own and figure out why and using a prompt instead, like a verbal prompt or a written prompt. Yeah. It's just, it's going deeper. And when I like think about like people who's like, I'm a musician or I'm an artist, I'm like, me too. But generally I like paint a painting and then I'm like, all right, it's done. Let's go to the next one. Like I got whatever's in my head out. That's it. Like there's no delving deeper. There's no processing that art that's happening. It's just like, I painted something. I got it out of my system, move on to the next thing. And so when anyone's like, oh, I do art, I get it, I get it. I'm like, 
do you get it or do you get just the basic release of it just getting out of your system because if you take someone's art it's like all right it's time to process it you're like process it what yeah we're gonna sit here we're gonna dissect we're gonna we're gonna talk through this whole thing the whole process from the beginning middle end any difficulties that came up any things that you were stuck on you know frustrations that came up yeah. Like you, you don't do that when you're just a, a a very general artist or you know whatever it is creative. You don't go there and you have deeper conversations. And so that's the thing that I'm like also trying to inform like my patients that that's great that you do you know therapeutic art making, but art therapy is completely different because I'm going to take you in a direction that you won't individually go. And so what you had said, like, who is it for besides everyone? It's someone who's willing to go deeper versus just the base level of their lives and their artwork. And I love that. I love the way that you're able to describe that because that's true. And it's the same with therapy, like in general, just any forms of therapy, you got to be willing to put in that effort. Can't expect your therapist to do it all, you know, because when they start doing more work than you are in, in the, in the therapy process, then is it really therapy for you? Yeah. No, it's just you just going there and just like, oh, I'm doing it to say I did it. There's there's that component. Because people just do things just to say they did it versus I did it and this is what I took away from it. This yes. is what I gained. This is what I learned. Yes. And so I I made like a reel and it's like one of the things, it's like things that I, you know, wish I knew in the like when I started off becoming an art therapist. And it's like, Everyone that's in therapy might not be ready for therapy. They could just be going because they were told to go. They could just be told like, eh, people keep talking about it, I'm going to give it a try. But it doesn't mean they're actually ready for therapy. Yep. yep. We talk about the, those are the stages of ch- stage. Oh, goodness. Those are the stages of change uh, that we talk about a lot, too. Or readiness. Yeah. Readiness for change. <laughs> <laughs> and... uh what what can you learn about your clients when using art therapy? Oh, it depends on what I'm there for. So when I do open art therapy, um, one, I usually do that with the adults. And the reason that mo- like majority of the time I do it with the adults is because of the acuity level of the adults and the mixed population. So within like the behavioral hospital, it's everyone with different needs are like mixed into like one population. Mm -hmm. So for them, I, one, I'm assessing, okay, is this group a creative group? Like, well, are they more responsive to art? Is this group a little more acute where I'm just like, okay, we can't do really, really structured things. It has to be a little looser because, you know, they're struggling to focus. Um, I'm, I'm, if they're able to, you know, make their own decisions or is it guided by other people their peers and stuff like that for the adolescents and the little kids I'm looking I I go a little deeper with the adolescents and the kids just because they're all majority of them are there for like very similar things so whatever I bring to them they're able they're all able to benefit for something benefit something from it Mm -hmm. so I'm always looking to see you know who is receptive who is resistant who is you know very eager to just please me versus focusing on themselves who is you know uncomfortable like very their self-esteem is low so they're going to 
try to distract the rest of the group. I'm looking for that. I'm looking to see, you know, who struggles to sit still. I'm looking for a lot of things all at once because interactions are going to be quick. I'm not going to see them. Sometimes I might see a group once a week. So I'm like, I'm taking everything in. This is what I pulled from this. I'm just building rapport really quick. I want to kind of work quickly with them. It's just a lot of things. I can't break down to just one specific thing, but I just know building immediate rapport is something that's really important for me when working with the, the patients. Yeah, that was a very big question. And I was like, I, I don't have one answer. I can keep going based oh, yeah. off of what I... <laughs> I mean, it's, it's it like you said, it depends on the client and depends on what their needs are. And, um, and I totally understand that. But that also, it means that you're doing exactly what you see benefits the clients the most and that's assessing their needs and mm-hmm. um and that's and I love the building rapport is the most important because that's how I feel I feel like if you don't have a good rapport with the client then you're just not going to get anywhere um, yeah and like I said it's quick some of them are there for like maybe like two weeks some of their some of them are there longer. I might only meet them probably like once a week. So I need them to know who I am. So it's just like, all right, we got to establish a rapport. We got to establish that these are my boundaries. These are the rules. This is, you know, it's all really quick. Move, go, go, go. But then once you get into a routine, it's kind of nice because if a patient is there longer, then they could kind of like help the flow of the group. Like, y'all be quiet, be quiet. Let's, let's focus. And I'm yes. like, okay, beautiful. It's like less work for me, but they just kind of help kind of recreate the same thing, especially if they've been there for so long and then some a new group is there. They're like, be, it's Miss P, be quiet. Who's Miss P? I don't know who that is. She's great. Just listen to her. <laughs> it, it's true. And like, I have that with like my teens. That's why it's like a teen mentoring. So it's teen to teen based mm-hmm. where we get the older teens to mentor the younger teens or the teens who have been in the group longer to become mentors and I'm in that process of making some of the mentors, but it is that like funky area where they're trying to learn, like find their voice as a mentor for the mentees uh-huh. and the new newcomers of the group. It's it's really fun to see though when they do find their own. No, it is. I love when that happens. You're just like, oh, you were such a mean soul <laughs> in the beginning. <laughs> now look at you. You're helping people. <laughs> And for people who be like, you say this behind your patient's back, because, oh my gosh, some of the stuff I get, like, the comments I get on TikTok, I'm like, y'all think I don't tell my patients this stuff? I do. <laughs> well, right, and, like, <laughs> and that's something that, like, I come aware of, because, like, obviously, I have the podcast, right? So, I'm like, if they ever were to Google search me, they could easily find this. So, I definitely... Would I definitely well? I definitely wouldn't say anything that I wouldn't say to them, right? That's exactly exactly what yeah. Like, no, yeah, and that's why like, I'm, I'm probably going back and deleting some of my older episodes. <laughs> and, and, well, I just feel like I self-disclose too much, and then now that I'm practicing, I'm like, you know, well, like as an intern, I'm like, you know, maybe like I don't want this much disclosure to be out for my clients to hear. Yeah, I don't disclose that I much wanted- on social media. I'm still like a still keep it very much how I am in the workspace right I just but yeah but no how I like talk to my patients and like describe them or something like you were very mean when I first met you it's, I would tell them I've told several <laughs> patients that like you were 
you were a little spicy thing when we first met. Remember that? They're like, oh yeah, I do remember Miss P. I love you now. I'm like, I know you do. I know. I can tell. I read the room. I can tell. <laughs> <laughs> but I, yeah, I love that. And that's exactly, you can do that when you have a good rapport. Mm-hmm. That's what oh yeah, definitely. In the comments is that like, you wouldn't say that if you didn't have a good rapport with your clients yeah. or patients. And you just, and then that's also another thing going back to your question about like what I look for it's just how a specific patient is how I need to engage them in conversation Mm -hmm. do I have to be a little gentler like are they you know are they the person who's just admitted there because their family and friends were like you need to come here and they are very just like there's nothing wrong with me I'm fine so I'm just like okay we're not gonna go that deep in conversations it's gonna be a very you know base level conversation whereas okay they're aware of certain things that they've done so there is like a possibility that we can go deeper that's something I do look for it's just how am I going to engage with the patient is the patient has the patient been like continuously hospitalized and they just they're really good with their words and so I have to okay they know how to talk the talk they don't know how to, you know, the actions don't fit, but the words, they, they, they've been hospitalized so much, they know what to say just to move along. So that's what I look for. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and you get an eye for those things and you can almost feel it immediately. <laughs> yes. Uh, and, and it's just meeting them where they are is because uh, if you try to get them, if you try to pull them out too quick, it's like they yeah. pull back so fast, your head will spin. Yeah, I just be like, you know, I'm just gonna wait for you. Can't go for you. Like, oh, you wanna hear what I gotta say now? Okay, here we go. And that's the most that's the most beautiful thing you can do is like just being patient because I think sometimes people just need to sit and give themselves time. And when they actually have someone that's not rushing them to do something that they're not ready for yet, like mm-hmm. that in itself can be therapeutic and healing for them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, and so we kind of discussed how you like the process you went through to become an art therapist, but I'd, I'd like to know what the process for getting registered as an art therapist would look like for maybe therapists out there that are interested in incorporating art therapy into their practice. All right. Well, hold on to your butts. <laughs> um, I actually got registered like, when did I get registered? A year ago? I was trying to get registered at the peak of COVID. Um, and it kind of highlighted a lot of flaws within the art therapy board certification. It is it is a janky system. I'm just going to throw that out there. It's super janky. You have to be on their butts emailing like, hey, I sent this in. I need a response. So it's a janky process. But it wasn't a bad process. Um, so after I graduated, I didn't go for my LCP. LPC, I forget the order, LPC. but I didn't, I know I did, I always forget the order because it's LPC, LCPC. So I didn't go for those. Um, yeah, I was like, I didn't go for those. A lot of my classmates did um, just because it's easier for you to get in the job field um, before you're become a registered art therapist. And because Illinois does not have a licensure, we only have a certificate. Yeah, we don't have what? a licensure. I, yeah, that's, yes, I definitely, so I think there's like 13 or 15 states that actually have an art therapy licensure. Illinois is not one. I, and that's why I said I am a certified art therapist. I'm registered, but I am not a licensed art therapist. So that's why 
a lot of people, um, my classmates in Illinois got their LPC, LCPC. I didn't want to. I wasn't sure if I was going to stay in Illinois. So I just went ahead, jumped the gun and wanted to start the process to become a registered art therapist just so that I could have you know, the letters behind my name besides a master's degree. And so after working at the school for two years, I finally found um, the job I'm at now. And my supervisor, she has her uh, board certification as art therapist. So that was a plus because she could supervise me for my hours and stuff like that. So while I was working there, it was really easy. My hours, my thousand hours was engaging with the patients. And then me and her, we would meet up like once a week or whatever it was. And we would just have like supervision where we would just talk. That part was like easy. It was just the building up on the a thousand hours. And so it took time. We did it. And then you just submit all the documentation. But like I said, I got mine like at the peak of COVID when nobody was in office. So I had to like physically mail stuff in. It should be easier. But like I said, the system is janky that you have to be on it. But just getting your supervision, your um, client contact hours, you have to make sure all of your courses are the ones that are required through the art therapy board certification. And our institute is a um, accredited art therapy school for art therapy but there are some people who you know they don't go the accredited school route but you can still go through and get your uh, registration you just have to get additional hours and you just have to make sure all of your courses fit and once it's all submitted they're like hey after a month or two here you go giving this to you i'm like oh i forgot i actually went through the process <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know I got anything back. Yeah, That's I was right. like, oh. Then after I got it, I was like, hey, I need to submit. You know, they give you like a little certificate, uh, certificate with a little uh-huh. uh, number, and you're in the system. And but that's the only thing. I just I'm not licensed. I'm just certified. But you can look me up though. Like it's not like Google me. You can Google me. I'm in there. Yeah, and and you honestly, need to, it... need to check it. <laughs> Google your therapist. Honestly, do it anyway. Like always. You should. I, I googled my mom's therapist. I'm like, let me look this lady up. Okay, she looked legit. Whenever my friends send me their therapist that they're thinking about starting, I'm like, did you look up their license number yet? Like, this is like, <laughs> like please always just do that first. Anyway, uh, but um, yeah, that de- depends on the state. Obviously, with only mm-hmm. 15 maybe being having license or license, yeah. license for it, but also. I mean, it sounds like even then you can still get certified or registered in your state. And like, that's, that's really awesome that people are able to provide that. Mm-hmm. And I, I think people forget how much of a, of a baby profession that counseling is in general. Like, Oh yeah. I think it was what, 2009 or something like that, that all 50 states became like, oh, don't, I'm not even sure. It was very recent where all 50 states were on board with considering counseling a profession. You're not wrong because I remember this conversation. I was I was in high school when this conversation, I, I was like, okay, I'm going to be a therapist. And I was like, how does this work? What states? It's wild. It's really yeah. wild. And and so, and I'm sure, honestly, if you um, get your, if your state maybe doesn't have a licensure for uh, art therapy look into play therapy and then maybe get that certification and um yeah in art music therapy. therapy they have um you can go for your bachelor's and then through there you can go board certified you can go registered all that stuff 
because that's what um the two music therapists that I know I was like yeah I have a bachelor's and they're like yeah and I'm like okay because our therapy you I think there's like a couple schools where you can like go for your bachelor's but it's like in preparation for your master's but you have to get your master's in order to become a licensed or a registered art therapist which I was like okay and so I have the ability to sit for my board certification so I can become a board certified art therapist um, now that I have my registration okay okay so that then definitely do it now <laughs> yeah yeah you I just don't like it. tests I'm just I don't like tests so I'm tests. just like I'm good right now look I'm good right now one we'll, of my we'll favorite about things it. about uh, this pro- the program that I'm in, I don't know about every other uh, person's program, but it's a lot more papers than tests. And I'm much better at writing a paper than I am at taking a test. Mm-hmm. I lucked out with my master's program because I was just like, oh, we could do art in the middle of class. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, we don't, we just have a pass or fail. Yes. <laughs> I'm just like, thank God. And it's like so interesting hearing other people and like their masters like uh we, mm-hmm. there's also adler in chicago that's also the other um school for art therapy so it's the art institute and then there's adler and i've come across people who um you know are about to start their master's program and they ask me about my experiences and i'm just like okay are you more of an artist and a therapist or are you like a therapist who occasionally does art and like I'm the artist therapist, and I'm like, oh, Art Institute is for you because Adler is more, you know, psycho focused. But like Art Institute, they do focus on that, but they also focus on you as an artist as well. So that was like perfect. So I'm like, where do you fit in? Because you do have art therapists who practice art, like like I do. I have like a whole art right. studio. Then you have art therapists who are actively like into art making. They just like you know incorporating it into their practice. There are two different like ways of being an art therapist and so I like let them know like look up your schools and stuff like that and see like ask you know um a current student or like when you go for an interview ask those questions like what does your art space look like because that was another thing <laughs> we have like a big walk-in closet of all art materials so the first question awesome. we asked the student from Adler was like what does your art closet look like <laughs> They were like, what art closet? <laughs> Basically, <she's> like, <laughs> I was like, oh, because we dug up like a whole walk-in closet where like, about four of us could fit in there. <laughs> and she's like, we got like a pantry. I'm like, oh. Look at a couple of cabinets. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you bring it from home. <laughs> and I was like, oh, okay. You're like, I don't feel bad. No, it's a good thing to make that distinction because I think that if, if I were to, it would definitely be the therapy that incorporates art into it instead of the full art art therapy um but that's exactly what the benefits of art therapy is, is that mm-hmm. you can just incorporate it and it depends on your client if your art if your client likes to express through artistic medium then that's going to be really beneficial for you to have that skill set mm-hmm. so and i was wondering if you would be interested in doing an example with a prompt with me um <laughs> oh perfect <laughs> I have listen I have my paper and I have a whole thing of markers but I was also thinking and I'm gonna I'm gonna cut this part out or maybe I'll leave it in um do you are you recording on your phone right now I should have said this from the beginning oh no 
Okay. Do you want to hop on Instagram on our phone? Stay here. And we can uh-huh. do this live from our stories. Oh, as well. okay. I yeah. Would, I think that would be pretty cool. This kind of gives that? people and Okay. Oh, wait. I'm not ready. Well, let me get my art materials. <laughs> wait a minute. <laughs> oh, there it is. Hey. All right. <laughs> go down, Sam. Go down, Sam. <laughs> all right. There we go. Okay. Am I very happy? Oh, yay. Okay. So I have my, I do have like lined paper. I hope that's okay. That works. And I have a bunch of markers. So this will be exciting. Hello. Hello. Uh, We are doing an art therapy session and a podcast recording at the same time. If y'all are interested in watching what a little art therapy session, thank you, Piera, for being my art therapist today. I'm very excited. Listen, I don't know which camera to look at. Like, do I look at this one? Do I look at this one? We just got so much happening. I know. That let's <laughs> let's stick with the phone because the, here uh-huh. people are live joining and we can, I mean, we, we get to look at each other either way, which is perfect. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so what is my prompt today for art therapy? Okay. So this is a really basic one. It's, this is one that like, we got to think highly of ourselves. Okay. I already had a sample already made. Wasn't prepared for this, but <laughs> what you are going to do, you're going to trace your hand, and then in each of your fingers, you're going to put one positive thing about yourself. Oh, so, look, y- your face already. This is why it's just like a very, like a nice intro to art therapy because we are changing like our mindset to how we think about ourselves. So, again, just tracing your hand, it's provided like a nice structure for you. And then you're just going to go through each finger and write one positive thing about yourself. It doesn't got to be super in depth. It could just be like positive thing. I have great hair today, you know? Are you saying I, like, I have great hair today? It's very full and lush. So, yes, I am. Well, thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. I'm so excited. I see. I love this, and positive self talk is something that always can use a little renewal. Yeah. Well, and then like a lot of people don't like. It's so much easier to talk negatively negatively about yourself. And so when you're put in a situation where you have to talk highly of yourself, you're like, oh wait, okay, because everyone's just like oh, you, you sound like a narcissist talking to about yourself like that or all these things. It's like, no, sometimes it's good to hype yourself up because if nobody else is going to hype you up, you got you to hype yourself up. Yeah, you have yeah. to be your own best friend. You know, I, I teach my teens about your inner critic versus your inner coach and be your inner coach. Be that person that hypes you up and that put, you know, positive energy in yourself. If you are always criticizing yourself, by the way, those are normally not things that you ever told yourself. Think of whose voice that is. And that's something I definitely am just like, you know, why do you think it's so hard for you to come up with like just five positive things about yourself? And then they're like, I don't know. I'm like, have you had only people tell you negative things? And they think about it and just like, yeah, yeah, I have. And so this is like, this is a good practice. And again, it doesn't have to be super like in depth, you know, but we'll see because afterwards we're going to like discuss each of the positive things that you have written down. And then we're also going to process those positive things. Okay. Um, okay. All right. So I'm starting off with like, does it matter what foot finger I start with? Am I ranking? No, you, okay. no, you go. There's no ranking. It was just five points. 
I'm just adding to the complexity. (laughs) Yes. You, yeah, you look, it's just, it's just simple. It's just simple. You have your hand, fill your hand. And then after you have written the positive traits in your hand, then you can go and you can decorate either your hand or the background, however you see fit to. Okay. So I'm gonna give myself some fingernails since I don't have any in real life right now. (laughs) (laughs) I always forget these are half markers and half pens. I could have just used <laughs> so again, hello everyone. I'm here with Piera. Thanks for joining and coming to check out what we're doing. We are doing some art therapy. Piera is a registered art therapist. Hey. Yes. And so she has given me a prompt to I don't know what that ding was. Is that my computer? I'm gonna mute that. Okay. I don't know what that ding was, but I am just <laughs> excited and I we are doing a positive traits yes therapy. if anybody's on here and wants to do the activity this is a reminder what it is you're going to trace your hand and in the fingers of each of your hands you are going to put one positive thing about yourself it could be big it could be small but one positive thing now if you're going to continue to like watch this then we're going to process whatever was put into her fingers as positive and we're going to break down those positive things because that also is very telling of the person you know making the art and feel free to draw yourself some fingernails or you know anything special maybe a ring on there oh yeah no you could just also just like color the hand color the background you can just decorate it all but the most important part are the positive traits but you yes. can add your own little funky twist to it. I was saying that because I was, I, I, I never, I don't think I've ever had blue fingernail polish. I don't think, but I do stay in here. So, okay. A sneak peek, but no one can look at what it says. <laughs> this brings out like the kid in you that gets to, got like gets to draw and like just put whatever they want you know I feel like you're so much more creative as a kid and you lose that when you get older Um, yeah it's because you just don't have any like you're not trying to adhere to certain like other people's thoughts of what your work is supposed to look like yeah so once you like work past that you're just like okay and everyone's like that feels like being a kid I'm like you just don't have boundaries around your creative style and, and, you know, I think looking at other people's art and then you start to take from other things that you see, which is natural. Um, mm-hmm. But then also, I think creativity takes practice. Like for a long time, I used to say, I'm not creative. I'm not creative. And then I realized I am creative. I just haven't practiced with it in a long time. And creativity looks different because my mom has like always said, like, I'm not creative. I'm like, girl you could be an interior designer like her favorite thing is to do tablescapes and I'm like you know that's an artistic thing right and she goes oh it is I'm like yes <laughs> like creativity isn't just like the typical painter drawer I'm like it could be like you design shoes or like you do tablescapes yep. you could design a bedroom off of like $50 and and that's exactly like that's what I love about doing things like this and and even play therapy like art therapy play therapy music therapy it just gets you out of that comfort zone I think like you said earlier it goes into that feeling like you don't want to 
be viewed weird or I don't know, like mm-hmm. it, you ha- you're looking to please others rather than expressing yourself how you want to. Yeah. If anyone else is drawing a hand right now with their po- positive traits in it, please let us know in the comments and uh, put a high five ooh. in the comments. <laughs> Comment a high five. <laughs> and honestly, I'd like when we start going over the things that we put in there, it would be kind of cool to see what y'all put as y'all's positive traits. If I mean, if y'all are open to it, definitely no pressure. Okay. So how so how long have you been let's let's get some conversation while we're waiting. How long have you been practicing art therapy for the people that are oh we got Kayla, she's doing it with us. Hi Kayla. Woo-hoo! Hey. Um so for six years. I had to think about it. <laughs> six years, almost seven years. That's I've been actively like practicing art therapy as an art therapist. And I know we got to discuss it on the podcast. So if y'all are interested in learning how Kiara came across wanting to be an art therapist, uh, you got to make sure you listen to that episode. You got to listen to that podcast. <laughs> I was going to say, I want you to know this is the first time I've been on IG Live. Really? Yeah. This is the second one here. So Ooh. this is very new as well. I've only been one time to kind of do some Q&A from Reddit that I would find on mm-hmm. talk therapy. I don't know if you've ever been in that sub, but it's a no. scary place to be. Reddit is scary in general, okay? Oh, okay. Do you want to do the activity with us? That's yes. a great transition. Join. The- oh my gosh, and I love a good meditation. Listen, maybe it was meant to be clicking on this live, I think. And the, a transitional, like, okay, being in your own analysis, something creative, let's be, yes. A good transition, I think. So we're just outlining our hand and putting five positive traits in those fingers and decorating it how you would like. Yep. A little sample. Well, not a real sample, just like an example, but trace your hand and in each finger, you're going to put something positive about yourself once you have put the positive things in your fingers then you can like decorate you can leave it blank but the fun part is the decorating part and but again so one two three four five positive traits about yourself and then decorate your hand how you see fit i am i'm i'm done with mine um you're done i gotta finish coloring in this part okay i didn't go all out i just i just did some simple See, Goodbye. I wanted to keep the conversation flowing too, and it's hard for me to do two things at once uh, when talking and and thinking. So, um, mine is very uh, lots of white backgrounds, but it's okay. It's okay, mine too. It's okay. Okay, I got like some color though. Okay. Okay. Oh, that's a pencil down moment. Pencil down. <laughs> okay, since I am the art therapist, you have to show yours first. <laughs> Who created these rules? <laughs> me okay <laughs> all right it's very colorful um and my handwriting uh you can see handwriting is not my, one of my positive traits but I'm not concerned about that <laughs> so I started with my pinky I put that I feel like I'm a positive person so positives mm-hmm. on there um I put enthusiastic because uh, I get very excited and I um just get I, I can hyper fixate on my excitement sometimes C- catch whatever that is. Uh, I'm very creative and um, 
I, I, I feel like I, I love to grow. So I put growth as a positive trait of mine. And then I put that I'm hardworking and I, and I am hardworking. So it's mine. I also decided to draw my lifeline and money line <laughs> and, and whatever the other, I think it's a heart line on there. They're pretty good. They're pretty good sizes, I think. So I'm going to keep that. I like that. Okay, I'll share mine. Okay. So this is mine. Um, First off, for little colors, I like blue and purple. And those are the blue and purples that I like today. Um, I don't remember how I started. I just was like feeling in the hand. But in the pinky, I said I have a nice smile. In this finger, I said I make myself laugh. I can cook. I love to be creative. And then I said I am patient. Yes. I love the I am statements in there. I feel like I need to go back and add that to mine. Okay, so we that is definitely what I was just like, I'm intentionally because, okay, so the reason I said I wanted to process like how you put it in there, it was just kind of, because I did this activity with some of the interns at the hospital. And when doing this activity, a lot of the positive traits they put in their hand were things that they can basically do for others and it's not really focusing on themselves. It's still like directed to other people. So I wanted to see what direction you went with how you phrase your positive like traits. Like, is it actually positive? Like just you in general believe that you're positive or is this the positive things that you can do for others to make others' lives, you know, a little more comfortable? Because as a person who's in the helping field, mm -hmm. that's a lot of our mindset, right? Like how can we do for others so I wanted to see where you went with that but then also you just just like patient and it's just like there is very definite and it's just like this is a thought it's more it's not a definite it's more of like I feel like I'm this I think I'm this whereas it's like no 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 I know I, I can cook I can cook like it's <laughs> this is a definite statement like yes I know I'm a patient person it's like I yeah. love you know and like how you phrase it and how you write like the positive traits in your hand is very it's also very telling and so like in the podcast we were talking about like what do you look for in a situation like this where it's like this is a specific activity that's what I'm looking for it's like how long did it take you to come up with like these traits like which one did you struggle with the most which one do you question and so I'm going to ask you which trait did you put in your hand do you feel less confident about I feel like I feel the least confident about enthusiasm. Why? I don't know. I feel like, I feel like I can be enthusiastic and I, I, I feel like it kind of just goes in hand in hand with my positivity. So I, I feel like it should be separate. Like, like positive is the umbrella term mm -hmm. that just falls under like enthusiasm falls under it. So you you don't really commit to being enthusiastic. You just think you have to be enthusiastic because you believe you're a positive person. Yeah, that sounds about right. <laughs> so you really don't believe you're an enthusiastic person. And do you fully believe you're a positive person? I, I do. I, I definitely, and this is this is one that I do for both me and others. I know I do it for others. It's the field. You're, you're spot on with that. <laughs> Spot on. And, uh, <laughs> but I do feel like I've always been a positive person and I try to keep that way. Cause when, I mean, if, if you keep talking negative self-talk, it, it, it can eat you alive in two seconds. 
And hello, Renit, by the way. I just wanted to give a shout out because that's my girl. She was also on the podcast as well. I had James on here earlier, who was too, too I caught today. Um, but I think also I was hesitating with hardworking, I want to say, because I am hard. I, I, I am hardworking. I just feel like okay. that's not like one of the most positive traits that I could have put down about myself. So why did you put it? I, bl- I blanked out. You, I did give you a time limit though. I I know. <laughs> I committed. <laughs> I'm like, we had so much time because I'm sitting here doodling. I didn't know we had a time. You gave us the time limit. I did. I did. I cut myself short, I think, on that. And you did, because I'm like, you're done already. I'm just like, <laughs> it's hard for me to talk and write at this or think at the same time but I feel like if and and this is so funny that you say this because I have a very similar uh, positive traits that you put on your hand and I was like oh that's a good one oh that's a good one like I I want to replace my enthusiasm with I'm funny then put it then put it I am funny and I think you were because like you started working like decorating your hand I heard you talking about the nails and stuff like that do you think you rushed to put something positive so that you could not focus on the positives and just go to the part that you're comfortable with like drawing the nails and putting the hearts and all that stuff now (laughs) that you say that I mean maybe because it this is a hard topic to focus on yourself and to find those positives so that sometimes always also happens because when working like in a group session or whatever, I get to walk around, I get to observe these things mm-hmm. and I can just be like, whoa, did you really spend enough time thinking about the positive? Cause you, you work really quick. Let's go back. Let's look at the positives, actually sit with them. And instead of just doing the fun part, you know, let's jump at like, yeah, decorating the hand is the fun, cool part, you know, but I'm not concerned about the art that was in there. You gave me more detail about the lines that you put in there versus the positive traits. <laughs> and and you said that like when you said you look for how people describe it. I said I feel I feel like I'm a positive person, but I know I am. I don't know why I feel like I danced around that. So that's interesting that you caught that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and now it's on video. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that is like the breakdown of like doing an art activity and like what you're assessing for and that processing part like the the middle the beginning the middle the end like how I like listen to you say like you're focusing on the nails and I'm just like huh seem like you just wanted to do art the most time and not the actual and so like that's the things that like as an art therapist even though I was doing my own jam over here I was still taking everything you were saying and doing in it's like a little extra switch yeah, I don't know what are you avoiding right now and I'm like <laughs> okay so you change you you put mm-hmm. I am funny what else do you want to change um okay I am positive I'm funny I'm creative I love growth is I put I love in front of it because I can't I, I mean I am growth I feel like that would work too um, either one growth and, is yeah yeah because you know, I have grown a lot, especially, listen, when you go through a counseling program, you're going to grow more yeah, than Yes, you are. Yeah. Um, I am hardworking. I, I feel like I am, but I, I know what I want to change it to. Okay. Oh, okay. All right. I'm passionate. Oh, I like that one. I, I feel like that it. also falls in the same realm of hardworking. Mm-hmm. 
it could have been you didn't like the word hardworking because it didn't really describe what you wanted to go for. But passionate, they both fall in that same realm because when you're passionate about something, you're fully committed. The same way as hardworking, but when you're passionate, there is like a love behind it. Whereas like hardworking, for some people, it's more so it's just like it can be forced. Yes. And yeah. so passion, there's a love behind it. There's an enjoyment behind it. So that actually, that could honestly be why you were, could have been questioning, like, am I hardworking? You just needed to switch the terminal. I think so, too, because I was thinking specifically with, like, my job and, like, how much I put into thinking and being creative for different, uh, like, groups that I have with the teens. And, like, I really try to, like, um, put in effort and, and be creative because, you got to keep the, the attention spans of, of the TikTok generation. They're like, it's, you know, mm -hmm. it's, it's much more uh, immediate satisfaction being met with, with quick videos. So I feel like because I do that, I, that is hard work sometimes, but it's because I want to do it. It's not because I'm being forced to do it. Yeah, nice little passion behind it. Did anybody in who's like watching the videos, did anyone do the activity and have any traits they want to share any of the kaylas in here that were that were <laughs> doing it earlier i'm so excited that we had some people uh participating if anyone wants to participate um feel free you were very i want to note that you were very sure about the things that you put in there well also i have done this several times but then also i have to practice this activity with myself because i sat here for a little bit trying to figure out myself i was like hmm <laughs> It gets me like I've done this a lot, but then I'm always like, huh? Because like for the I make myself laugh one, I was gonna be, I was gonna put, I'm, um, I'm funny. Uh huh. But I was like, no, because people think I'm funny, so I wanted to put, I make myself laugh. I don't care if anyone else like can get my joke. I'm like, that was funny. I, I enjoyed that. Like sometimes I just be like, you didn't get it. I did. I, I did. <laughs> and I'm laughing. That, and so that's why that was the one I was just like ah, humor subjective and you know what I I laugh way too often at myself and it's a good thing oh passionate loyal Ooh. artist empathetic and resilient great those are really good intuitive curious affirmative compassionate and dedicated dedicated is like another form of passion I feel like it is because you're not like you're going to put forth so much effort into it uh, and these are again these are also our helpers and so these are very <laughs> like the empathetic part the yep that's very helper termed I love the live set <laughs> Girl, I just got red red do you see look at my scratch outs <laughs> She read me like a book. I mean, and, it, and I think the it cover, you know, because if I typed it out, she never would have known. I wouldn't have. You guys are just getting the 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 basic that I I know you're a helper. That's how I know you're a helper because we have the dedicated, the empathetic, the intuitive, and then the compassion. It's very helper words that we use. Yes, and I see it. Well, I, but I, I I'll take curious, it. Curious, and I love resilient. I do like resilient, yeah. I like loyal. And loyal, yeah. And empathetic, a good one. compassionate. Yeah. 
but I, I love, I love that there are people in here that did this with us. And I, and I loved this activity because I learned a little bit about myself and, uh, <laughs> and, uh, my little, my little inner coach needs to be a little, um, <laughs> but I, I, I still did really enjoy it. And, um, again, this is the first time I've ever had blue fingernail polish. So, so we got to make it a reality then. Right. I have nothing on. This is their skin right I now. I can't wait nothing. They're like glittering pretty. Ooh. Uh, yeah. Self-care. Just a little <laughs> bit. Just a little bit. This was fun. I've never gone live and done this. So this was a fun thing. I'm really glad that we kind of just thought of this on the spot. and, and No, you was... thought of it. I was like, okay, let's just well, do it. So I was down it. with the I'm down for, I live a fun, spontaneous, I was like, hey, I, listen, I was already prepared. I I was prepared to describe an activity to you, but this just happened to be near me. And I was like, oh, we're doing this one. Amazing. <laughs> and honestly, anyone who is listening, or even if they come check this video out later, because I'll post it to my feed, um, it, be sure to go listen to the episode when it comes out. It will be out, I think... I'm starting to do bi-weekly. So not this coming up Wednesday, but the next Wednesday will be out by. Um, and just just check it out. This is going to be Art Therapy. Piera is an amazing guest on the podcast. Um, she was on Black Girls Have Anxiety too with Ashley. And Ashley sent her as a recommendation to come be a guest on my podcast, which I'm so thankful for. And um, I had a really good, good time talking with you today. Oh, this was fun. This was a great time both of us being sporadic and spontaneous it's just <laughs> made for good content and conversation <laughs> yes and um by the way while we have you on live let's everyone who is here make sure to go follow piera um yes and yeah um be sure to listen in and we'll get more information about where to follow her on tiktok because i remember you saying that you have a tiktok i do well. I, I i feel like it's my name but i don't know if it's d.b or just db i don't remember we'll put it in the show notes and then and in the um in the podcast episode like caption so um, thank you all for coming to listen today and joining in our, our activity and just listen to us be be wild and fun and creative. And that was y'all were great. I love those who did it. And if you have a picture of it, want to take a picture of it and send it to me, that would be cool too because oh, I like the, yes. the visuals. So if you, for those who did participate and you want to send it to me, let me know, Let's and I will it. like put it on my story. Yes. If you if you post on your story and tag us, we will reshare. I will definitely be posting <laughs> mine. All right, guys. Uh, hopefully, we can do this again. Um, and maybe I can maybe I can lead something next time. We'll see. Okay. I'm down with the get down. All right, all right, girl. And I will see you back on the podcast. I'll just switch screens in two seconds. And okay. everyone, y'all have a great day. Bye. Bye. Oh, transition. <laughs> that was so fun. I would totally do that again. And like, I just had such a great time with you today. This was definitely one of the coolest podcast recordings that I've done is being able to like actually do it on an episode. No, that was, I enjoyed that. I was like, oh, 
this is a nice little twist. I like this. <laughs> very spontaneous but so worth it and thank you for being so good with the flow for it um, no problem and and one last thing like so we can end the podcast with is just kind of telling everyone where they can follow you and find you okay so on instagram you can find me at piera p-i-e-r-r-a d-b and then on tiktok you can find me at piera p-i-e-r-r-a d dot b yes. it's the same thing we just got dots floating around <laughs> and and if you have any trouble look in the uh the caption for the instagram post that i'll have or in the podcast notes episode notes for yeah. this and yeah and then you will also know they both are my social media because i have like the same drawing on both of them to keep it consistent yeah. so that when people like transition they're just like oh this is actually her and yeah so that's how you look oh this is her Yes, yes. And I can even put like a little uh, icon of that in the post too, so people can see that. Um, But thank you so much for being such an awesome guest. And again, like I would totally be down to have you back on and doing a live. We can do, I've I've seen virtual sand trays and I do a lot of sand trays with my clients. Oh, so maybe we can do a virtual sand tray one day. Oh, I'm down with that. Oh, that'd be so fun. Okay. All right. Oh. Yes. All right, girl. Well, you have an amazing weekend, amazing Sunday, and I hope to talk to you soon. Yes. Thank you so much for this. I'm hungry. I'm going to go eat some mac and cheese. <laughs> That's amazing. Self care. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Today's music was written and produced by Tyler O'Brien. You can find him on Instagram at dreamscape. D-R-E-A-M-S-C-A-P-E and follow his band at Wastelander underscore band on Instagram.